Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always the legend Teddy Atlas. And today's special guest, I guess we could have introduced the show as the Sugar Show. We've got the superstar himself, the new world champion, Sugar Sean O'Malley. Sean, welcome to the show. Well, thank you guys for having me on. Thank you, Sean, for being on. And um, what's the name of your daughter? We just heard the princess. Yep, her name's Elena. Um, yeah, she'll be three in November, and she's acting like it lately. So uh, it's been fun, though. <laughs> That's a nice name. Beautiful. Well, that, enjoy enjoy these years. I have four grandchildren. They go fast. They um, they do do what the older people used to tell us when we were young. Um, time does go by quickly. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you you they're doing different things every day, and I'm sure yeah. that you're witnessing it already. Um, yep. So. It was an electric atmosphere. I was there covering a the fight in Boston. Of course, Ken already told you that he was there with his son. But tell me and tell us, tell the audience, you know, what what that moment felt like. Um, I mean, most of the people were there for you. Uh, congratulations. I don't think I said that yet. Congratulations on that. The win was as electrifying as the crowd was. Um, it matched up. It matched up perfectly. Uh, what did it, was it everything? I think this is what fans often think. Was it everything that you envisioned it to be when you won the title? You know, it's a long journey uh, to get to your dreams and to get to the pinnacle of your success um, in that kind of way. Not that you don't still have more mountains to climb, but right. what... What did it feel like? What I mean, was it everything that you would hope it would be? Maybe that's the best way to ask. Yeah, it's it's a tricky answer because I don't know if I have the vocabulary for the emotions that I felt or or how to express it or explain it. But Boston will forever have a special place in my heart. Um, first time going out there, it was a perfect fight week as far as you know everything went smooth and it was just a. The arena, even the press conference, leaving the press conference, people banging on the sprinter van, just crowds of people. You know, I, me growing up, not growing up, but more recently watching Connor kind of go through that. I was like, damn, that's that's what I want. That's legendary. That's what I want. And that was kind of my first time getting that superstar feel, being the main event. And uh, so just the whole event was incredible. And then to go out there and put Aljamain Sterling's lights out in the second round, um yeah it, it's hard to explain it, it didn't it didn't feel maybe I, i'll say i wasn't as emotional as i thought i would have been but i also you know a lot of people if they win the world title title they're like I, like sean strickland this weekend is like i never ever in my life thought i would you know be that be there for me it's different i've known in my mind in a delusional sense that 100 percent. not delusional not delusional but go ahead i'm sorry <laughs> I think, well, I think, you know, when I'm 16, 17 years old and I've never even, you know, been in an MMA fight telling people I'm going to be world champ, there was a little bit of delusion early on in my career, which I think is important for, you know, a, a little bit of delusion in, in, uh, in there. Some people might just call it a dream. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it felt, it felt good. So I still, I, I still feel like I do have a lot more work to do and a lot more, you know, a lot of, a lot more big 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 special fights in, in my future 
Um, and I, I'm 28 right now, so I still have a good amount of time left. So it's uh, it, it was exciting, oh, yeah. but it was on to the next right away. Has has the time that it's been? It's been a few weeks now. Has the time that has passed helped you kind of come to terms with it a little more? Where you couldn't that night because you just said it perfectly that your emotions were in all kinds of places they had never been in before. Now with time having passed, do you have a better sense of it? Yeah, I do think the more the weeks have went on, I was it's kind of hits me a little bit more like whoa, like when people when you know I've been called champ for a long time, but now when people call me champ, it's like <clears throat> it's official. Yeah, I, really I am, am champ. So it is. It is a little bit different. It definitely hits me a little bit. I've watched, the, I've rewatched the fight, like thrown on the pay per view, thrown on the song "Superstar." Because when you go watch the the fight on ESPN, they took out the walkout music, and for me, the walkout is is as exciting as just being me watching it as the fight itself. So I I'll mute the audio. I'll throw on "Superstar" on my speaker, and I'll watch the walkout. All the boys gather around and. We've watched the fight two or three times, kind of pretending like we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, that's what's that's, that's so cool. fun for me. Yeah, that's cool. The Rolling Stones coming on stage, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you know, there's there's nothing quite like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you used his name, so I I had his name in my mind. So I'm going to piggyback off that a little bit. Conor McGregor, are you the heir apparent? Uh, to the throne. I think you are. But listen, I know it's your throne. I know you're going to create your own throne. I get all that, um, obviously. But there's always a predecessor. There's always somebody that does it first, you know. And to his credit, he's a pioneer. He he changed things in the sport. You know, he brought purses to a higher level. Do you envision yourself as, again, the the, you know, taking that baton, if you will, having that torch passed on to you and taking the the sport uh, to other places and fighters uh, and the recognition of these fighters to other places and as Connor did, the purses to higher places. Do you envision yourself as that guy? Yeah, 100%. It was, you know, before Connor got into the UFC, I kind of had this vision in my head that I wanted to, I wanted to come in and, and take over the next level because I didn't feel like UFC, at least from when I started watching, ever had someone come in and be that guy so for me watching connor do it it was legendary i'm the probably the biggest connor fan in the world i've i've watched every interview every fight you know every everything that connor's ever said i've watched i've studied i'm a massive fan of connor so yeah i definitely you know took inspiration from connor and he took it to the next level and i do truly believe i can be the next guy to take it to the next level ufd has grown massively in the last three years once covid started i think dana said they grew about 40%, which is, you know, they damn near doubled since COVID started. And, and Connor hasn't really fought since then. So, uh, you know, Connor was a massive, massive superstar. And now they've grown 40% since then. So my opportunity to, to be more viewed is, is huge. And I do think I can take it to the next level as far as uh, a lot of different things. Money-wise, um, I've been preaching about management stuff. I, I think fighters are getting screwed over in certain management situations. And I do think, you know, once it's my time to be able to uh, make a change, I'm going to make a change for the better in the sport. 
All right, guys, want to take a quick pause to give a shout out to today's sponsor. You know them, Athletic Greens. Go to athleticgreens.com slash atlas to take advantage of today's special offer. Ten free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash atlas. Athletic Greens is the all-in-one green drink. One scoop in the morning, boom, you get 75 whole food sourced ingredients uh, in a delicious tasting drink. Couldn't be easier to use. And like I said, the special offer comes with 10 free travel packs. Those 10 free travel packs will become invaluable to you because especially when I'm traveling, I want to make sure I'm getting all my vitamins, minerals, probiotics, prebiotics to keep you as healthy as possible when you're traveling. Puts a tremendous amount of stress on the immune system. So check them out at athleticgreens.com slash atlas to take advantage of the special offer 10 free travel packs i want to get right to the fight now and i you set up a beautiful matter of fact before i even say that i have to touch on what you just said about being a big conor mcgregor fan and influenced by conor mcgregor i i would almost be you know wrong if i didn't ask you having said that did he influence i know your skills did and i know your temperament did and your instincts did i i understand that but did he influence you being more prone to be the great counterpuncher that you are because for me conor mcgregor he was a great i mean really at his period during that 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 margin of time that he was really special he was a tremendous, obviously he could punch, but he was a tremendous counterpunch and he knew how to set traps. And you are. You are that too. So before I go down the road of the question I was about to ask, did he influence you in that way as far as saying, wow, when I watch this guy and how beautiful it is that he gets guys to do what he wants them to do, um, come in, get a little reckless where he can pull the trap on them. Did, did he have some influence over that? Um, maybe a little bit. I, I don't, I don't, maybe not. Cause I, I feel like I've been, uh, kind of counter punching and doing that similar style before I even just yeah. naturally as a 16, 17 year old kid that was never, I was never taught how to properly slip to, you know, do these certain movements. I just kind of naturally did them as a, I feel like I'm truly born to be a fighter and, and my instincts are there. And, uh, I've definitely improved on all of those, and I've you know I've picked up little tips and tricks from so many different fighters. Connor being one of them for sure. Um, but as far as counter punching, I think I was just naturally. I, I think a lot of people are either counter punchers or they're not. I feel like what makes me different is I can literally do both at a very high level. I can punch going backwards. I can punch going forward. Yeah, um, true. But yeah, I agree. Connor Connor definitely is one one of the nicest counter punchers and i've definitely take a little influence from it but not a not not a ton from that well that'll bring me to this you just touched on it again um that you first of all i think that part of being a counter puncher or whatever it is is attached to your personality i i and i think that that goes hand in hand with you you know i use the word electric um you could say different i i describe certain special fighters, Roy Jones, one of them, where they could do things differently. They could even do things wrong. They could go against the 101 playbook. 
the manuscript of how to do things, and they can make wrong right. I see you as that guy. I also see you as a guy that, and I said this about, again, special fighters, um, kind of like Anderson Silva, who to me is one of the greatest of all time um, in, in your sport, and Terrence Crawford, who just had a spectacular win against Spence, who I think is in a special place. I look at you in that kind of way, and I don't look at too many people that way, where they create their own music. They, they, they have a music in their head, and, and they just create it, and they can make up tunes that up until that point we might not have been familiar with. Kind of like a Jimi Hendrix on the guitar. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden he hits a different string, and you say, whoa, that's mm-hmm. different, you know? Um, do you see, are you that? I mean, because to me you are. Like, does that make sense to you that, and, and I guess the final way it ended would be the way I ended it with, with, with Crawford when I interviewed him, was that he makes things up as he does it. You know, where he, he's got that ability, again, to make his own music, if you will, um, to make it up right at the moment, to just improvise. Uh, I know you train at what you do. I know you work at what you do. I know you drill at what you do. But there is improvisation uh, with the special ones, the ones that have those kind of instincts. Can you talk about that? Can you explain that? Or... uh, yeah, I feel like I, I feel like I know, I know exactly what you're saying, and yeah, I do feel like I am in a different category. It's not like uh, oh, I fight like this, I fight like that. I think my feints, my speed are really next level. I do think I was just naturally gifted with speed, and I think for me, speed the number one attribute that I would you know if I was creating a fighter, I want to be the fastest guy in there. If you can't hit me, low chances of you winning the fight. So. Yeah, I do think I kind of fit into my own category. And as far as improvising, I, it, before every fight I have, I walk out, I have a conversation with myself that I'm going to completely, you know, let go and, and let my higher self take over. And I'm not going to, I'm going to react to the situation. Yeah, we have game plans. Like my game plan this fight was to no low kicks. Aljo, every single time he gets, a, not every time, but a lot of the times he gets a takedown, people are trying to kick his legs and he pushes forward, knocks him off balance. So it was, there was a simple game plan, no leg kicks, box and teep. That was simple. Don't get taken down. Um, but as far as that, like I, I'm not thinking, I'm not in there trying to, I'm literally just reacting to whatever happens. I have no remembrance. I have no memory of, you know, throwing that slit, that punch. I don't, I have very little memory of actually being in the octagon because I feel like I completely kind of, you know, disassociate and let my higher self take over. Um, I would add one other thing to your attributes besides speed, which obviously stands out. Um, timing. Your timing yep. is, is is pretty damn good, actually. Um, I wanna I wanna go right to the fight. You did something unfolded, and it usually does. For me, the watching a fight is like reading a book. There's chapters to it. You know, sometimes the chapters are kind of quick. But sometimes, sometimes the book is longer. There, there's a story to it. And there was a story taking place from my eyes where the first round was a non-eventful round. Not much going But there was something going on. You were watching. You were, you were storing data up yeah. in your head. And, you know, the cliche would be it was a feel-out round. Okay, you're seeing things. And I thought I saw things. And I wonder if I saw the same things you did. Where... Even though it was non-eventful, he tried to go to your body a couple of times and he overextended a little early in the round. You didn't do nothing. 
You saw it. I would think you put it in your memory bank, in the computer, if you will, but you didn't act on it. And then something happened that I thought train changed really the whole trajectory of the fight. Where And I believe in fate. I believe in things happen because we put ourselves in position to make them happen. And there's a karma. <laughs> and at the end of the first round, a non-eventful round, I mean, you probably give it to the referee rather than to you or, or to Sterling. Uh, and then all of a sudden he gets a little aggressive and he gets into you and he gets his hands on you, which is what everyone was waiting for, to get you where the next step would be get you to the ground. And he gets into you, doesn't get you on the ground, and the bell rings. And I said to myself right there, wow, that might be the end of Sterling. And, mm-hmm. and people thought I was like out of my mind. Like, he just won a round, Teddy. He just stole the round. I said, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no doubt about it. He, but to me, it was kind of like he, he might have won a battle, but he just lost a war because he's going to think he could do more of that. He's going to get more aggressive, and that means that he's going to play into the hands of Sean O'Malley, who is great at counterpunching. You can't counterpunch if somebody doesn't come forward, if somebody doesn't give you something to counter, and he's going to give him something to counter now, and I think it might be his downfall. And then, sure enough, the second round, the bell rings. What does he do? He comes in there. He overextends. He reaches with a left hand to the body. And this time, you didn't do nothing. <laughs> this time, bang, you threw the counter punch, and that was it. Can you take us through that, please? Am I right? Am I out of my mind? <laughs> no, I mean, the, for the first round, yeah, it definitely wasn't a, everyone on the yeah, the judges scored it, him winning the round. For me, I wasn't in there to fight for rounds. I'm not. I don't. I didn't care if he won the first four rounds. I literally go into these fights trying to take someone's head off. That's my game plan. Um, so for me to go in there in the first round and not get taken down once, and have him in a clinch and not be able to take me down, was a huge win for me. That even for my confidence, just for the game plan itself, because every second that went by when Aljo didn't take me down made him frustrated made him think that this isn't go even if he won the round it's not where he wants it to be he does not want it to be on the feet so for that first round was a huge win for me um and then the second round yeah i mean it very well could have been him thinking okay now i've got in on him once i can do it again and i'm gonna force something very well could have been that i feel like it was just i gave him so much anxiety from me not really doing anything other than fainting at him, fainting at him, fainting at him, moving, circling him, not being able to grab me, that he's, you know, he's just going to, he's going to say, fuck it. And I'm going to try to hit this dude. And, uh, you know, I wasn't there to be hit and he was so, but yeah, I mean, it very well could have been, I think only Aljo really knows what, what he was thinking and feeling. But for me, it was, it was the, to play that kind of game, the whole fight, even if it was a boring fight, um, I wasn't going to go in there and um, make the first mistake. Do you think maybe you gave him a false, I guess maybe this is the way I want to say, did you give him a false sense of confidence where he could be more aggressive than he should have been in a, in a way that it turned out to be, reckless, where he could just come in, whether it was to come in to throw a punch to the body or whether it was coming to get you know the, the takedown, but that by not punching, by only feigning, by doing your dance, if you will, for the first round, that maybe... He forgot how dangerous you are. Maybe he forgot what he should not do. 
Yeah. Yeah. I th- yeah. I think looking, thinking back to like, it really wasn't a bad punch. You look at the UFC this weekend, like how many people made that kind of same punch, that same, it wasn't like a bad mistake or a bad overextension. It was just my timing and speed was just on the next, the next level. I, I think, you know, it really, it really wasn't like a super bad punch or it was just, no, but you I created just, it. You did create it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know, uh, I mean, you did your own painting there. Uh, you, you, for me, you were the spider that invited the beetle into the web, you know. Yep. And, yep. and you, you gave them uh, another old cliche, give somebody enough rope to hang themselves. You gave them enough space to basically make a mistake and yep. leave a hole. And um, obviously, you took great, great advantage of that um i the the one other thing before i give it to ken i I guess i want to ask you just something about this weekend that just passed because you touched on it about the punches that took place um for me when we talk about special talents it's you now i think adesanya is one of those guys and he obviously just got beat. It was a big, big upset. Were you as shocked as most people were um, by what, maybe by what, and I know some of it's got to do with Strickland, obviously. He had a great fight plan, great fight plan. You got to give him credit. Um, They're using his jab, not getting out of position, not making mistakes, being steady. You know, there's talent in being steady. You know, there's talent in the neon talents, but there's always talent and ability and just being steady and consistent. And he was all of that. But Adesanya didn't seem to be himself with that, you know, creating his own music type style, um, rhythm, uh, electricity. Did, Did that, when you watched that, were you surprised that that Adesanya was not quite what he had been in the past yeah i mean i was for me i was like is he didn't look he didn't look as as quick he looked a little bit more flat-footed i know he likes to pull back he kind of pulls back with his punches and leaves his feet flat and he gets away with that a lot of guys but i think uh i think everyone including myself was underestimating sean strickland's skills and um and what he brought to the table he had really really good pressure and again he wasn't is he such a good counter striker? But Sean really wasn't throwing a ton to be countered. The no. shots he were were throwing were hard and fast and accurate, so it was hard to counter those. He wasn't popping his jab out there too much, just randomly to be countered. Sean had a really really good fight plan, a game plan, even though he said his game plan was to wrestle. But I mean, his that style of, it, it was a tricky one. That pressure for I did not feel like Izzy was was himself. I feel like he. He needed to get respect early in that fight and crack Strickland like in the first round and really kind of let him know, hey, you can't just walk forward. But who knows what was going on with Izzy? If he had a you know mental, if he had something going on mentally or physically, maybe an injury of some sort, or Sean Strickland just showed up, no excuses, and Izzy lost that fight. Yeah. But I'm a huge Izzy fan, and uh, you know he definitely didn't look like the you know the dancing, having fun. Izzy in there, but you know, that's yeah, just, yeah. I, I do want to give credit to Sean Strickland because he looked like a savage. Yeah, me too. I want to give more the and listen, I said I'd give it to Kent, but one other thing. Um, 
I, you just touched again on, you know, you never know if there's something wrong. You don't know what a person's camp was. You don't know where he is mentally. You don't know where he is physically. You just don't know. I got to ask this question then. Going into this, there was a lot of talk about that you were injured, your ribs, that you couldn't do certain things going into your fight um, with Sterling, that you had an injury, you couldn't do certain kind of training that you normally would do. Um yeah. Can you talk on that a little bit? I mean, obviously you had such an extraordinary performance. Everybody forgot about that. But for me, fighting is about overcoming. The guys that become champions, they're not only talented, they're resilient, they're determined, they're tough mentally. They find a way to overcome something. And I just want to put out for the audience because a lot of times when you see these special athletes do something special like you, they don't realize that they may have been compromised. They may have been injured. But you know what? This part takes over. The mental part where they just do it because you have to do it because you're not going to get another chance. And that's part of being a champion. And um, I just see if you could maybe expand on that. Yeah, you know, it's really cool. We UFC's having a crazy documentary that's going out in 2024. And so they were following me around, you know, 10, 12 days before the fight and then after the fight. But yeah, I had uh, six weeks before the fight you know, I'm sparring, I'm sparring really, really good grapplers, and I'm sparring really, really strong guys. So I'm trying to emulate Aljamain Sterling, the best grappler. So everyone's plan in sparring was to go in, take me down, take my back. That was that was the game plan for all my sparring partners. I was sparring good grapplers. So my third round, fresh guy. So first round, fresh guy. Second round, fresh guy. Third round, fresh guy comes in. And, uh, you know, I was on my back, and he was trying to take my back. I turn real hard, and I feel my rib, feel something. And I know instantly that it's, you know, that's not, that's not good. I've had plenty of rib injuries and, and it sucked. And, and, and yeah, so for six weeks, I couldn't grapple at all. I couldn't even play in the clinch a little bit. We kind of tested it a couple weeks after I heard it. And I realized I was like, yeah, there's no way I can even, you know, it can't do any kind of wrestling. So there was thoughts about pulling out for like a couple, couple days. And then I was like, it's in, it's in Boston. I'm fighting for a title. I'm going to go out there. And I'm going to try to knock this dude out. And if I get finished, I, I get finished. I was, I accepted that if, if, if the fight doesn't play out my way, you know, I'm 28, I'm going to get it out there and, and heal up and get out there again. So in my mind, it was like, it was, it was life or death being taken down before the injury. Now that I have this injury, it was for sure. Like my have to execute my game plan. I have no choice but to execute my game plan, that was my mindset um, all fight week was just I, I have to keep it on the feet. If I keep it on the feet, I will knock this dude out. Um, so, yeah, but, yeah, that was I was dealing with a lot of mental demons for sure. Yeah, and you dealt with them, and that's why you're champion of the world. And that's the point I want to make to the people out there because everyone deals with their demons. I, you know, I don't care if you're in the octagon, you're in the ring, or if you're going to work for your family. Whatever it is, everyone's dealing with these obstacles, these demons, and they're – you know, at the end of the day, there's a way to overcome them by making your mind up that you're going to overcome them. That, you know, yeah. by controlling what you do. That at the end of the day, I always say, no matter what's going on, no matter how you feel, it's your choice what you do. It's it's not the guy in front of you. It's, it's not the air that's going on and swirling around with all the crazy stuff going on. It's your choice. And obviously, you made a choice to be a champion of the world. And I'm glad that you touched on that and you said that to our audience. Um, Ken. Oh, thanks, Teddy. Hey, Sean, real quick, uh, just two questions. First, 
Um, talk about your mindset walking into the cage because we've interviewed a ton of world champions. Teddy's trained 18 world champions in boxing. And one thing that most guys will admit is that they do feel an incredible amount of fear. How, how it manifests itself is different in every guy. But as you're walking in, do you ever, does, does it go through your mind like, I have put in so much work and now it's time. I'm fighting for the world title. Or do you, have you blocked that fear out and it's just complete enthusiasm and blind confidence? Or are you wrestling with, holy shit, it's on, it's time. Like, talk to me about those feelings. Yeah, zero fear, zero nerves, zero any negative emotions. Uh, fight day, I mean, really all fight week, I was, you know, I, I was very confident and I said it in all my interviews that I have a right hand that can snipe someone's chin. Um, <laughs> and I knew, I knew that was a possibility in the fight. I, I don't remember the last time I was actually, I do. The last time I was nervous for a walkout and everything was my USC debut when I fought Terry on where I was, that was the last time I was nervous in the backstage before a fight. Um, I have zero nerves, zero, yeah, zero negative emotions in the back, Con just pure, positive mantras, positive feelings. And, and for me, I get, if zero level zero was, you know, the most calm you could possibly be 10 was excited, negative 10 scared. I'm right out of zero. I'm emotionless for the most part. I'm very calm. And, uh, that's how I, I perform best. And that's kind of how I, I get to that state just through breathing, um, a series of breath work that I have with my, my strength and conditioning coach, Brandon Harris. We run through some breath work and I just am very centered and grounded and just very calm before my fights. I love that. The reason I asked it is because some guys, you could tell they're, they're scared and they'll tell you like, yeah, I was scared to death, but I knew I had a job to do. It doesn't get in the way of their performance. But then there's a few guys where they're so confident and almost bordering on arrogant that I'm like, I don't think this guy's scared. And you're one of those guys. Izzy has that, Connor has a degree of that, but there are a few guys and I'm just like, man, do they really not fear any, feel any fear? Well, anyway, it didn't look like you were scared by any means. I was just curious. Next question. How important is it for you to get back that one blemish? I know you're still undefeated, but the one uh, contested loss to Cheeto Vera, I say that obviously in jest. Uh, how important is it to you to get that one back and right that wrong? Um, I mean, to be honest, as a, on a personal level, day to day, live my life. That that fight has never affected me. The day after the fight, I was. It never affected me. The undefeated part comes from the competitor in me, and I didn't feel like I lost that fight because he was better. Um, but for like getting that fight back. On a personal level, it's never bothered me once ever. You know, I'm, you know, I've made way more money than that dude will ever make. I'm where that dude wants to be, so I've never felt like that took away anything from me. Uh, on a competitive level, again, I still never felt like I really lost that fight. So for me, I wanted the Cheeto fight because simply it's the next biggest fight. I'm getting pay-per-view fight. If Marab was the biggest fight, I'd want Marab. If Corey was the next biggest fight, I'd wait for Corey. None of those guys are biggest fights. Cheeto's the biggest fight, you know, partially because of the, our past and just because I think he's got the biggest name, uh, the second biggest name in the division. So, uh, you know, that fight just works out really well with that uh, our, with our history. So, um, but yeah, I'm excited to get to get in there with Cheeto. I feel like I will uh, have a beautiful performance if that's what's next. 
Love it. Last thing, uh, I told you before we started, my eight-year-old son is a jiu-jitsu fighter. He's wrestling, he's taking judo, he boxes with Teddy. He's obsessed with it. Can you just quickly talk me through how, what was your introduction to uh, martial arts, MMA, etc.? How'd you get started and what was that, what'd that journey look like in a nutshell? Well, I'll, I'll uh, limit it then. Um, I was 16 years old and I was super insecure going into high school and I wanted to get chicks. So <laughs> that, that's partially true. You know, I, I wanted to, I was super insecure. I was going into, I think I was going to like my sophomore year, freshman year, somewhere around whatever that age is. And uh, just a little, little, little dude and wanted to, wanted to impress people, wanted to be, I was an athlete my entire life, football, basketball, soccer, baseball, every single month of every single year I was playing a sport. And, uh, you know, I was starting to get old, like high school sports weren't really my thing because I didn't enjoy high school. I didn't get good grades. I didn't even want to go to school. So I needed to find something that I could do that didn't require that. And, and I found, uh, found boxing. I found kickboxing and, you know, I kind of became obsessed with that. Then when, once I turned 18, I got into MMA and, uh, start, I didn't even really start wrestling and grappling hard until I was 20 years old and moved to the MMA lab. So my journey was a little bit different, I feel like, than most, but everyone's unique to themselves. Uh, but yeah, it was, it's been good so far, right? <laughs> Last thing along those lines is one of the things that I talk to him about all the time is because he's trying all these new sports, like when he went to wrestling and he had been doing jujitsu. I said to him, listen, if you're not comfortable being the worst the first day, you're never going to get to be the best. You don't just get to show up and be the best because if you did, what the hell good would it be to be the best if some guy could just show up off the street and beat the brakes off you? I said, get comfortable not being the best and learn. How comfortable? How easy was it for you to get up to speed? Because we all know about that first day you walk into a gym and you just feel like you have two left feet, you can't throw a punch. But how was the journey for you from getting to that point to the point where you couldn't get to the gym fast enough? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's even still to this day, I go to the gym and there's guys that I'm, are whooping up on me, choking me in jiu-jitsu. And it's just like, <clears throat> I, especially going to the MMA lab, never have wrestled. Like the MMA lab is known for grappling, high-paced wrestling, just, you know, and I came there as at 19 years old, never wrestled a day in my life. So it was miserable for years, literally years. And it was very hard for my ego, but... You know, I knew I was going to improve and I knew I just needed to learn and I could be capable of doing what they're doing. But yeah, for a long, long, long time and even still to this day, I'll go to the gym and get whooped up on. So I, I feel like, yeah, it's, I'm still going through that and I don't think I'll ever stop. And that's how you know you're at a good gym. You walk in there against some Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy and, uh, you know, you shouldn't be the best guy in the gym ever. Thank you, brother. You know, Sean... I said while commentating on your know, performances at times, uh, especially when you were when I was seeing you early on, that you look like a boxer in the ring. Yep. Would, would you? And obviously you do. Would you consider going into the ring in a crossover match? You know, Allah McGregor and and Mayweather. You know, some years ago. Yeah, I mean, I before I think I have one and zero pro boxing record. Nothing crazy, right? But yeah. I was I got injured. I got injured on uh, and I was in, wasn't able to really wrestle or do jujitsu. So for about six months there, I just did, I just went to boxing. I straight boxed. Went to the boxing gym. Was sparring Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You know, running, do just training boxing, and uh, you know, I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. 
And, uh, you know, I've, I've knocked the dude out, broke the dude's jaw in the first round with a left hand. And uh, the, 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 I can I can box really high level from both stances. I have power in both hands. I have really good eyes. I have good timing. I have good speed. I have good length. I have all you everything you need to become a good boxer. I haven't dedicated my life to boxing. And if I did, I'd be a world champion boxer. But I still truly believe that I can beat some of these guys, especially guys like Javante Davis, who are 5'2". And I know that's uh, – People don't like the idea. He's like, oh, you're copying Connor and all this stuff. But, I mean, I, I've had a pro boxing fight before Connor and Floyd even, you know, did their boxing match. So I've liked boxing for a long time. I want to and I will. One, I, the same feeling I had of me becoming a world champ, that true knowing in my heart that I was going to happen, I will box. And I don't know if it's going to be Javante Davis because I know – I, and I, I think I think they know that maybe hey let's not we don't need to do that. I don't, what what happens if Javante loses to me? That's not good for him. So I don't know if it'll be Javante because I don't think they'd take that. But there's there you know maybe I start lower on the on the on the the list of boxers and go out there and box a guy that's not too good. But you know it's tricky with the UFC. You know I've signed my rights away to the UFC, which I'm happy to do. I love the UFC, and uh, I've talked to the UFC about this before, and they said hey, if you and you know, opponent are both big enough and you guys can do massive pay-per-views. We are 100% down to get behind it. I don't even know if Javante Davis is a big enough star at this point right now. I think maybe he needs to go out there and get a couple more wins. But <laughs> I, that's something I want to do bad. That's something that's going to happen. And uh, I, I would be very excited if I got a six-month boxing camp. I think I would be very, very dangerous and surprise a lot of people. If you do that, I know a boxing trainer that might be able to help you. <laughs> right <laughs> listen last thing first of all thank you for giving us this time and uh, being so gracious uh and again giving the people a chance to see another side to you you know besides just the colorful hair and the <laughs> great and the great talent um right. but to see the person I, this is how i'm gonna end it um when, when i was preparing to cover and, and it's got nothing to do with other than a nice way of saying thank you but when I was preparing uh, to cover your fight for ESPN, the one in Boston, I asked my son because I want to get a little perspective from a young audience of what he thought of you. And the, obviously, besides the talent, which obviously he talked about how, how talented you are and about the things that I had said about that kind of special talent, creating your own music, all of that stuff. But... What he said to me was that you were very intelligent, well-spoken, and although promoting yourself as everyone needs to, he felt that you re represented yourself really well and smart, and um, that was just a lot to you in that kind of way. So again, thank you for coming on the show. I'm wishing you uh, nothing but more success in your career and continued comments from people like those of my son to keep coming your way. Uh, God bless and thank you. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Appreciate all the kind words and the, and the conversation. Had a good time, so thank you guys. Thanks, Sean. Thank you, brother.